Welcome back to the Girls Talk Egg Podcast, plowing through the manure online. Uh, we, like, planned ahead of harvest, right? We're super smart and recorded a bunch of podcasts, so we'd be good to go. So we're kind of rusty now, because it's been, like, two weeks, hasn't it, guys? Like At the very least, two or three. Yeah. Yo, my friends. Um, I've missed you guys. No kidding. Uh, how are, uh, yeah. And, I, like, had to talk to Chris, because I didn't have you guys. Right. That stinks when that happens. I know, right? Karen, Karen, Karen will be coming very soon, but I can tell uh, by her muted microphone that she's dealing with a mutiny on the bounty. Yes. Uh, that was yes. a painting. The three-year-old decided she was going to start painting, and the other one came to tell me, but she didn't bring me the paint, so she couldn't do it. So, yes. So far, everything is safe at the moment, but now I hear yelling. As but. long as no one's crying, it should work, but that's what... And I also have Colton... The sitter has been, uh, um, she's been dealing with some personal stuff this week. So I've, I have Colton and, and so my life is no longer my own. Um, I realized it this week that she deserves a raise. Um, because like yesterday I called my assistant, my accounting gal to cut a check for a farmer. And she's like, um, that's why they called you. She's like, I don't let them, you know, call the same day of getting a check and, have it ready for him at one o'clock, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, I said, it's not even close to one o'clock. And she goes, Angie, it's almost noon here. Like, <laughs> you guys that do happen? that to me. I know. You guys do that to me all the time, though, because like, I'd be on the same time. <laughs> I'm like, I swear it was only 830 five minutes ago. Like, I don't even, I don't even understand anymore. <clears throat> so... So yeah, my sitter deserves a raise. So yeah, so we're out of practice, I guess you could say. So this might be rusty, but mm, that only it. makes it more fun, right? That's what he said. <laughs> right, <laughs> might be rusty, but it'll get the job done. So anywho, we figured what better way to welcome ourselves back than uh, to do a crop update? Everybody get a tetanus shot. That too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah you might want to get a tetanus shot, some prophylactic antibiotics. That's. That's what you, when you, like what we talked about when you talked about handling your meat, Jen. <laughs> right. Yes. So, but, uh, yeah. So we decided to talk about crop conditions because God damn it. This is the harvest that won't ever end. It's ever. the year that keeps biting. <laughs> I hate it. Like, you know, last year when everyone was like, oh, 2016 sucks so bad. Cause you know, of all the celebrity deaths and things and stuff and i was celebrity oh yeah and now here we are 2017 and i'm like wow this is a suck fest from hell 20 years of being an agronomist which i'm dating myself saying that but you started when you were two no i'm sorry not 20 17 years sorry 17 yeah see um this is the worst one ever like i i was done like mid-july i'm like i give up i'm done i want out it's true you can go back and listen to some of our crop updates from that time period, and you'll hear that Karen was over it at that point. <laughs> and I've never I been like that. I think she was over it before planning was over. Yeah. Well, and Jen, I mean, Jen, God, uh, you're like the the hired man. I was explaining to my mom, and I hope that's not a, not like <laughs> offensive. No offense. I, I call myself the low man on the That's what I was telling my mom. I was like explaining. I'm like, poor Jen. I'm like... Chris said she could come play with us once she got her hog chores done. I felt like it was like Cinderella, like we were going to have to make you a dress. Yeah. And it was a little bit. It was, we can't be in the field, but you have hog work to do. I'm like, dude. And then it was, and don't forget supper, you know, and like, oh, okay. Poor thing. 
Right. Pretty much. And guess what? Poor Jed's sitting there in unclean dirty underwear. underwear. Yes. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. It's Friday morning. It's 1130 here in Indiana. And I'm in my pajamas because the washing machine's still running. That's because I literally could not find any clean underwear. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to give you props for just not going with the turn it inside out route, which I'm sure you've done before. Yeah. And I even said, you're going to have to feed the hogs this morning. He's like, really? I'm like, they yes, get offended if I don't have clean are. underwear. They're I mean, right. Jesus, they do. Chris. I get, I get grumpy. I need clean underwear. Well, I'm sorry. It's one of those creature, like, you know, comforts. It is. Sort of thing. It's like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like first world problems, but I live in a first world and yeah. I like clean underwear. That's... So. And I work from home, so I'm still sitting in my pajamas anyway and have no excuse whatsoever. Yeah, I so. also have no and excuse. And that's cool. I'm just lazy. That's why Colton woke up early this morning. Um, the sitter's been gone all week, like I said. Uh, I am just going to be celebrating when I, like, make it to 3 o'clock this afternoon. And Carl's like, do you want to go out tonight? And I'm like, no. Not even a little bit. Like, not really. Like, we don't go on dates. You know what I mean? Like, we go on family things. But he's like, let's go to a restaurant. And I'm like, you know, I'd rather make spaghetti and eat at home and, like, be curled up on the couch by 730. That sounds like a better way. Hello, Carl. Dateline's on tonight. What are you talking about? What do you mean? You can't go out. I know. Last night, I moved hogs till 7 o'clock. And Chris was like... So, would you want to go out to dinner? I'll take everyone out. I'm like, no, because then I'd have to come in, shower, do my hair, find clean clothes. No, I don't want to go out. He's like, really? Yeah. Go like, to Casey's, no. pick up a pizza, bring it back. Better than going out every I sent, time. I did. I sent I sent the kids to town for pizza, and I said, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, I, I am tapping out of this day. I went and got my hair cut yesterday, so that was nice. Which is, it's still a struggle, though, because I haven't found a hairstylist in Algona that I really... Like, which is kind of rough to say because she's only the first one I've went to. But she has a good job. But I hate when, like, people are like, I'm like, here, can you do my hair? This is how the best way to cut it is. And they're like, no, that's not how I cut hair. And you're like, but it won't lay right otherwise because I have really weird hair. But I guess whatever. I get mine cut once a year. So Well, I lived in central Illinois and got my hair cut in Iowa City for five years did you i did yeah. i just found nice. someone local within the last six months that see that's nice when you find someone i used wow. to have a really well, but i mean i didn't drive just to get my hair cut i mean i obviously work over there so i would just make it a point to schedule yeah. it when i was there right so i didn't go every eight weeks or anything like that but yeah the gal that does makeup for uh market to market does cuts hair and i think i'm gonna give her a chance the next time but the girl that does it i mean it's not bad it's just it's hard for me to adjust to because my hair has gotten a lot darker over the last couple years, like since I had Colton, and it's different texture now. So that's yeah. weird. But anyway, no man tuned into our podcast to hear me talk about <laughs> that. Haircut and dirty underwear. Right? They're like, <laughs> She has high maintenance. That's what... That's you wear high heels out in the field, too. So, But in any event, aside from the heavy drinking since it's Friday and almost noon, we thought we'd just kind of touch base on what's going on, which, like I said, is the suck fest of 2017. Um, in Michigan, it's been really weird. This has been the weirdest one. So I haven't, I'm not 17. This is my 13th harvest. And it's been the weirdest. My northern guys, so like... 
you take a look at the mitten, right? And so there's like major highways that cut across it or whatever. But you look north of 96, which is north of Lansing and Grand Rapids. My guys from that area up um, all the way up to like just north of Mount Pleasant finished beans probably the first week of October. So they were running beans. Wow. Yeah, they were running beans the last week of September, but they were running 8% moisture beans and averaging, you know, 30, 35 bushel to the acre on if field average early beans early planted beans were dry yeah. this year they just these guys were just dry all year like we got rain yeah father's day weekend up there and that was it that was the last rain they got until but how the crops di- dried down was a factor too because there yeah. <laughs> were whole fields yeah. that looked like they were double crop soybeans that shattered so much they were they shattered so much and part of that i have to say is the warm weather we had early fairly early harvest for for some areas um you know with the earlier planted beans and then that warm weather even you know you're gonna have some loss out the back end of the combine this year it just happened to catch the weather right that it sprouted yeah I mean, you're always going to have some of that residual crop left, but um, yeah, the shattering, then the crop that was left in the warm weather just made everything look like you were trying to do a second crop. If, glo- if global warming was a legit thing, we might have had a second soybean crop. We have crop. soybeans going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the frost last week really cleared up most of the volunteer soybeans. But. Right. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, very little false uh, burn down. Have you guys seen a lot of fall burn down? We just haven't gotten to that point yet. I've had yeah. a couple calls farther south in the last week or so that are going to put on some residual stuff. But in a lot of cases, like the 240 and the roundup that they normally use for stuff that's up, there's nothing up that didn't, you know, that wasn't an annual. So Right. Um, and, and, you know, when we've been able to be in the field, you're harvesting. And, and when you're not, you can't be in to spray or harvest. So. We yeah. haven't had good bean weather here in Iowa. Um, there's still a few fields of beans out. Everyone's kind of working on corn, and then of course the the Iowa fall tillage. Like, well, see, in here everybody's trying to get the beans out before they shatter more, and the corn is was kind of waiting a little bit. But I think we're finally caught yeah. up. We're not. so we're down to about a hundred acres of beans left, personally. Um, but I would say in this area of Indiana, there's still 25 percent of the crop out of beans yeah um and i short of a good indian summer i'd say your really good bean weather is done yeah bean weather and that's the hardest part right now for me is i have some customers that have 600 acres left and they just weren't oh. they just weren't ready yeah. like they just were right. not related you know they're planted late enough and just hadn't matured yeah slap some fungicide on them got a good rain you know the middle part of september um you know, anywhere, and you can tell it's it's all south of like that ninety six area, especially south of ninety four, where they got rain in September. Um, you know, where it stayed dry to the north, and that's I was in Michigan September thirtieth, and I had a panic. Like I, I tend to as an elevator manager, I have like five stages of bean harvest, which is. Wow, bean harvest! You know we're we're not gonna be harvesting beans until the middle of October, and then holy oh she's here! I'm not ready. <laughs> exactly. Are you freaking kidding me? How are we running beans? I have wheat to move, and then you have the secondary, which is where are all the beans? Why aren't the beans here? What's going on? And then you know usually you have harvest. Well, we had all of those, and I've had two oh shit periods of time so far where it's like oh we're far away from harvest and then oh harvest is here and then like it rained 
starting at yeah. and so you have to start yeah. over again yeah and so yeah. we waited 10 days and then it was holy shit, harvest is really here you know we must be done harvesting and then i would talk to a lot of guys that had open contracts left and you know a lot of them were like no i i'm still working on beans and meanwhile my northern guys you know middle of the mitten sort of guys that typically are are harvesting through thanksgiving um harvesting corn through thanksgiving are done because they were able to get out get beans done really early um you know they were done with beans the first week of october like i said and they're done with corn and that's almost unheard of that's amazing to me um that some of my i talked to one of my guys the other day and he's like yep just putting my last batch through the dryer i'm like are you kidding He's like, no, this is the earliest I've ever been done. And he's been farming for like 40 years. So it's been a weird year. Um, and that's, it's been a, a real struggle. I've, I've got a lot of people that are, are pulling their hair out, you know, because the prices aren't the greatest either. Um, the only thing I can say about the long drug out harvest is at least it's kept basis from, um, you know, completely falling apart. Because now you're starting to hear stories of... Uh, some of these places that are full. I guess there's a couple places in Iowa, major um, end users that are, are full. There's no place. Someone, Mike Birdall was saying the other day that there's no place to find corn storage in Washington County unless you already spoke for it early on. So. <clears throat> My gosh, there there is corn everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I know would the be. elevators were saying they'd be open for so many hours and then they just couldn't even stay open that long. They got full and it was too yeah so yeah so do we all have to give public apologies to the usda (laughs) i don't know i I, you know what i'm gonna state it right here um chris and i've been talking about this it's it's close to a record crop a lot of places and our corn crop is going to be our record personally yeah which is awesome because it helps make up for the low prices it It sucks because you know, you you have low prices. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, crops always much nicer yeah. when it's $4. Did you see the tweet the other day? It was, uh, I can't remember who made it, but it was like, you know, four years ago, it was all 170 bushel corn, and everyone said we needed 275. Turns out we really only needed the 170. <laughs> right. Well, and it's true. I mean, that's our, our hardest struggle right now is that, and that's why there is corn everywhere. You know, everyone acts surprised. There's piles here, and there's this, that, oh, and no. Last year, well, we carried over two point, you know, almost two point five, two point four billion bushel, which is the most we've carried over in in well over a decade. And then we turned around and and produced on top of that another fourteen billion. So there's at one point, which of course you have slippage and stuff like that. But at one point, you're going to have to try to get sixteen billion bushel of corn under cover. Of course, it's going to be obvious. You know what I mean? Like people are look at that ground pile (laughs) on Twitter. Like it's like life altering i'm like if it wasn't there i'd i'd really question the usda but no i mean i don't know i struggle because there were a lot of people um you know there were a lot of farmers in in august that were really kind of shocked by the usda numbers but i think they were also you know told that there wasn't anyone that went out and actually did a a yield sample or whatever was finding that the stuff looked good, but then they were given a hundred reasons why they just, you know, Oh, well you cherry picked or you, you got lucky on that sample or, you know, something like that. You had all of these market analysts that were giving these indications that it had to be moved lower too. Um, I don't know. It was just a lot of cases. You can lose a lot of your yield in the last 10 days. Yeah. 90 degree temperatures in October. It was a little panicky down early. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I you can go back and listen to anything I talked about in October and, and uh or September and said the the end of the crop, the finish to the crop was terrible and because of that I was reducing my corn yield. Well, I take that back. But well I yeah, I'm like that's why I think we need a legit apology to USDA. I mean I, I literally did like a that's not like a Twitter happen. like a Twitter live calling them assholes. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you don't know sh- people you don't know and i'm like yeah okay, I'm but did they really know or did they just get lucky come on i don't know so so let's but yeah hell if i know i think Even they got lucky but is right twice t- twice right. they they get lucky an awful lot i'm not gonna lie well they are the end all and be all of information like we talked about anyway you know what i mean like yeah. they're it's kind of like in your so household the, you can always yeah. kind of uh navigate the the narrative you know what i mean like you can yeah i don't have any Clean underwear so now I'm wondering how much magic power they actually have. I don't I know. mean, if they ever come out with a bad outlook, I'm going to be like, dude. We got to listen. I don't know. The I just, my business coming. partner always puts his number out there, and he was only one bushel less than they yeah. are. So, so I, see? He didn't I don't know. know. Was that bad. We, we were both 168. He and I were. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know, we were both because I said I just didn't think. But I hate crop conditions. I think they're the dumbest thing in the world. And I'm to the point now where I don't hate USDA reports. They obviously have a level of importance and they always will because there's no other opportunity to grab a hold of that information. But um, when it comes down to it, uh, I don't spend a whole lot of my life really kind of focusing on what the USDA is going to say, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's one of those things that they're a necessary evil, perhaps. Well, I think some of the yields were surprises. I mean... I know my dad had um, some fields that were massively flooded for a good portion early on, and they made over 200, and I didn't expect them to. Well, you uh, driving through the fields running the grain cart, I can, I can see, you can see exactly where the flooded areas are. And, and the whole time we were harvesting before, you know, I was like, this is what the USD didn't, USDA didn't see that, that farmers knew were there. But, man, the rest of it made up for it. Made up for it big time. No, I mean, I'm getting a lot of reports in, you know, 230, 260. Northwestern Illinois, I've had a couple people tell me it's going to be their best crop. So This is going to be our best corn crop. Soybeans? Assuming you get it out right, Jen. (laughs) Right. Now, soybeans, really, Um, that's the one that surprised me. Because in this area and kind of towards the south, most of them are averaging over 70 and I had one grower tell mm-hmm. me this week that his whole entire operation averaged over 87. Wow. On soybeans? Wow. Yeah. That's wow, really that's good. impressive. Yeah, we are nowhere near that, I would say. I mean, that's, I would say north of here, impressive. it's less than that. But, it, you know, that central Illinois kind of Bloomington to Champaign to Decatur type area. Yeah. So the later we get, how much of those yield soybean and corn going to fall off? Nobody wants to answer that. <laughs> well, look at what happened in Nebraska last week. They had those huge winds and, yeah. you know, in some cases, 75% of the ears are on the ground. So right. there's a lot that can happen. It's not fun, yeah. but, but you can get corn out. It's the soybeans that are going to cause the stress. Um, yeah, getting soybeans off is... is uh, I think probably the biggest mental challenge everyone's experiencing right now. I don't know. You guys, of course, Jen, you see it, like I said, firsthand. I mean, I just, 
A lot of guys are on the best be- their best behavior when they talk to me. Oh, no, everything's fine. And you know it's not. Well, it's a little bit dramatic. I might have married a drama queen. I mean, we go from, hey, it's going to be okay to, oh, my God, the sky is falling. And I'm like, no, the sky is not falling. It's okay. And then it snows. And I'm like, okay, maybe the sky is falling a little bit. Why Why is it on October 31st, everybody's like, oh, it's only Halloween. It's, it's all good. And then on November 1st, you're like, it's November 1st and we're nowhere near done. Yeah, the other day. So Casey graduates um, December 16th and um, it was all good on Halloween. Yeah, sure, let's leave on a Thursday. We'll come back on a Sunday. On November 1st, he says to me, oh my God, we're going to be harvesting while she's graduating. We're not even going to be able to go. I'm like, dude, it was just 24 hours ago. We were taking a long okay, week. And this is what I tell people. So if you guys have been on Twitter for a long time, you know Mark Rorish from North Dakota. And a couple years ago, Mark was Mark was combining corn on July 4th. So I always say, if you're not combining on July 4th, it's really not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and we're not minimizing the weather. We know how bad it sucks. Oh, God, please, I, I live it. Live and die it, yeah. It's, but, it, it, you know, I hate the saying, but it is what it is. I mean, you can't change it. Um, the other day I, I was literally fighting back anger because it was going to do me no good to get angry that we couldn't be in the field, but, but you can't help it. I was still angry about it. Yeah. Chris, Chris, yeah. Chris ran a Twitter poll the other day. Um, he had three options. Uh, what do you do if you still have crop to harvest? Uh, wait and be patient. Uh, keep the grain cart only on the end rows. Or rut the hell out of the field and get it done. And he was so pissed because it was like 33%, 33%, 33%. I'm like, were you really going to go with the poll anyway? He's like, well, maybe. I don't know. But but how can it be divided evenly? I'm like, I would I bet know. if you did it, you know, five days later and asked again that some people would be at their breaking yes. point and that might change. <laughs> And yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, I should make him do it again because now everybody would be like, rut the field and get get the crop out. But yeah, I mean, that's, we are, we're on, I mean, it's November 1st and that, so that's the worst part is that we kind of, and not to sound like Debbie Downer by any means, like no one tunes in to be like, oh, tell us how it is, Angie and friends. But so it's speaking of beans, Karen, um, you know, every crop condition update and everything like that, that we've had this year, um, we've talked about uh, dicamba. And so now we're getting our dicamba um, yield results, right? I mean, that's you're starting to see what's going on out there. So fill us in on that. Kind of tell us what you're hearing, seeing, fighting with people on Twitter about um, all that. Well, good first stuff. of all, I'm going to try and figure out how to go on sabbatical next year because I don't want to do this again. Right. Have another kid. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't want to do that either. That's <laughs> what? Which is worse, dicamba or pregnancy for Karen? Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, they both want to make me hurl, so, hmm, yeah. I did lose weight being pregnant, though, so maybe I'd choose that. But. Oh, f*** off. I gained <laughs> 75 pounds, and I still have 30 of them that I'll never you, lose. Carl, the other day. You throw up three to five times a day no. for 37 for weeks. Two. <laughs> like, you and me and the babies. Like, that. I ate for, like, five like I, it was terrible. That's Carl looked at me the other day. He's like, you look like you're losing weight. And I laughed. 
because that was funny. <laughs> I was like, apparently, what do you want? I don't understand because I'm not. This muffin top says you're a liar. But anyway, so taking next year off because of dicamba. I mean, and that's it's really it's kind of an interesting to see how the year has progressed because now there's a lot of people that are like dicamba deniers almost where it's like that never happened you're a liar there's a line you're either you know. a true believer or you don't want to see it on the market at all i mean there's no gray area in between that everyone is taken aside and um nobody wants to talk facts or compromise or you know figure out where we go from here i've said from the beginning and i'll still say it now i want to know when sprayed correctly, why it moves sometimes and not others. Was it completely weather? Was it the humidity, the air temperature? What was it? And none of the manufacturers are focused on that. Um, so what do you think they're focused on, Karen? Uh, well, just saving I, their asses? Yes. And I think you know, <laughs> one of the manufacturers is just trying to make it till they get bought out um, in the first quarter of next year. But um, I don't make it somebody else's problem. Yeah. And I just, you know, they're not backing it up with any facts. They're just saying, well, we have these studies and, you know, that guy needs kicked off the plant board because he obviously doesn't agree with us. And I mean, they're just a freaking walking train wreck. I mean, it's it, every time I see something on Twitter, I'm just like, man, I feel so bad for your PR person because they obviously have no control. But as far as yields, it's been all over the board. Um, we've had, I heard, had one that had a positive two result. There's been several that have had zero yield loss. Um, some can't quantify it uh, because the entire field was hit. Um, but I've had up to 30 bushels loss. So, and I think the majority are seven to 10 bushel losses. I mean, that that's one of my questions. I'm not pro dicamba by any means, but how are they, I don't want to say justifying, how are they calculating these yield losses? And, and like every field is different and every year is different. So how are they contributing these yield losses or yield gains to dicamba? I mean, what, how do we, how do you determine that? In most of the fields where you can determine it, um, the whole field was not affected. So okay. there's, you know, okay. non-affected and affected parts. Um, in, in fields where it was completely volatilized, it's hard to say. Um, you know, there's been some question, too, while there was an irrigated field that yielded the same as the field next to it. The irrigated field was damaged, but shouldn't the irrigated field have had at least 10 bushels more just because it was irrigated? So, yeah, there's a lot of, it's hard to quantify um, and that's why you're not right. hearing a lot about yield, I'd say, because most people just yeah. don't know. Well, and it goes, you know, we kind of, we've talked about it in the past with, um, Pam Smith, right, from DTN, um, that, you know, we had that, uh, um, it's chemical trespass is more of the concern that you're getting down to. Right. Right. Just because there wasn't yield damage doesn't mean that it's okay. Because there are still growers who have non-GMO. Um, there are seed bean growers who could still possibly get rejected because of their damage. There were sugar beet growers. There was one grower in North Dakota 
the damage was on five to six acres, and the crop insurance com- or the liability insurance company said they'd pay on those six acres, and the sugar company said, no, the whole field's contaminated, we're yeah. not taking it. And so the seed beans, that's an issue. You know, the organic guys, if, they're, if they had chemical on their field, then those fields go back to transitional and aren't certified complete organic. So that can be an issue for some people. Um, a lot of people who had, um, like, fruits and vegetables... Um, they had to discard all those because they couldn't sell them knowing that they had been hit with those with dicamba. So, so even if it's they not weren't... just about soybean yield loss, there's a whole lot of other people involved. I spent last week talking with the president of the Illinois Tree and Nursery Association. Um, they're very concerned because, you know, dicamba has tree damage that you can see, but if you have repeated dosages in the same nursery over five to 10 years that those trees are in that nursery, does that have an effect on the health of the overall tree? Back to the vegetables real quick. Yeah. Back to the vegetables real quick. So if, if the plant was not killed and they had a harvest off of those vegetables, they were still not usable? Um, Is that what you said? Well, the ones that, you know, are either organic growers or this, it's the small, uh, like, okay. farmer's market okay, type people. Okay. I'm not talking about just, the large producers. Right. Okay. That, so. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. So, yeah, it is definitely has an effect. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't, yeah. I was just But everybody's like, oh, no soybean yield loss. It doesn't matter. Everyone plant extend. Well, not everyone can. There right. are organic growers. There are non-GMO growers. There are food-grade soybean growers. Um. Well, and not everybody wants to. I mean, why should you be forced to plant something you don't want right. um, just because your neighbor decides they want? I had a grower call me this week, something. and he said his extend beans were all 7 to 10 bushels less than his non-GMO, and he doesn't want right? to plant more extend next year. So, And he was damaged this year. Also. Whether he sprays it or yeah. not, they... So I've yeah. had- Growers, oh, wow. uh, the one of the growers called and said he was going to put legal notices in the newspaper telling people that he had non-extend beans. In addition to talking to his neighbors and also talking to the local retailers, so the, so he wants to make sure that everyone knows that he can't handle the drift. <laughs> you can't handle the drift. Well, right, That's... that he doesn't. He has non-extend yeah. beans. Which. And I've actually seen people start to have conversations about just going out and actually buying Extend Beans next year to avoid it. I don't know if that's changed since. um... Well, and this grower doesn't want to do that because he'd lose seven to ten bushels an acre. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you shouldn't be forced into purchasing a technology just because the technology, you know, we've talked about that. The pricing on the Extend Beans for next year is more in line with other products. So for those who are choosing to use it as an insurance product, it doesn't have a higher premium for cost for seed. That's true. Yeah, we've learned that a lot. We've had several companies come out, and, and that's what they're saying. And I think that's why they're doing it. Um, but obviously, they're going to have to. Yeah, but it still doesn't solve the problem. And so there's no, it doesn't solve of, the problem you know, at oh, all. It's all about education, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there were some applicator errors, and I don't give a crap about those. Those happen with everything, and those can be fixed. Those will work themselves What I out, want to focus yeah. on is where it was sprayed correctly, why it moved sometimes, and not others. Yeah. And until we know why, I just, I don't know how somebody could feel comfortable actually spraying that. And as far yeah. as the retailers, you know, how can you favor and, you know, spray extend beans with a dicamba product knowing that the guy next to him who you also is your customer knowing that you in a good possibility could damage your 
either Liberty or non-GMO beans next to it. I mean, I just don't know how you pick and choose one client over the other. Well, you really, you're seeing a lot of businesses, I think, that just aren't offering it. That I've seen, maybe I'm wrong, that they just aren't offering um, that option or they're not they're not spraying yeah that they're not option. doing or extend beans. The beans but they won't spray it yeah I, well yeah. if you look at right. the new oh, okay, regulations yeah. for what you have to do to apply next year they don't look very appealing i mean and especially if you're limited on your time of day which they haven't put actual hours in yet yeah um you know that's it's less and less time that you can actually use to spray the crop so yeah, but there are true believers that you know will go down fighting, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, it, it's up to the well, EPA. It's not up to me. So, I mean, I've seen, and I've seen the weed control issues that people yeah. are talking about. Like I, you know, what I mean, I I see where the concern is there because you want to try to get a hold of, and I, like I said, I don't know the ins and outs of other ways to prevent it, but I know that we're even seeing it around here. Um, you know, we. And in central Illinois, we have weeds that are already resistant to yeah. it. So it's not going to take that long to die. My problem is when you say we need this technology, that seems like you think you can rely solely on this. And that's not the case. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, I feel like, you know, they think it's going to take the place of Roundup. Well, Roundup was the easy button and we broke it. Yeah. We're not getting another easy button. Yeah. So we're going to have to use a lot higher management skills in some of these fields to control the weeds and extend maybe part of that, but it's not the silver bullet that's going to solve everything. People are going to have to look at using higher rates of their pre-emergent services. Exactly. They're going to have to look at cover crops. They're going to have to look at cultivating again. And yeah. this past year, we had several guys who had to hire bean walkers. So there are some <laughs> options out there, but bean walkers. You know. Okay, have we had this conversation? Because we always called it roguing. Yeah, we call it roguing too. We call what it did you call it? Make it. They make it sound like they landed in uh, where was that spot where the Andi- in- aliens landed? Area fifty one. Oh, like that's what a bean walker sounds Don't you like. Walk we always. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, Chris, we grew up seven miles apart. Chris grew up walking beans. I grew up roguing beans. Okay. Well, in this one instance, I'm going to side with Chris. So. Okay. Well. (laughs) No. But anyway, but they've had several people, (laughs) several people have had to resort to that. So I think if you think that we're going to get a new chemical in here that's going to solve all our problems, then you need to educate yourself a little bit more because that's not going to happen again. You know, it's harder well, to I get chemicals yeah. through the EPA. With the era of the Roundup, so many of the companies took all that research money out of their budgets. And so there's really not a lot in the pipeline, and they're focusing on other possibilities. So, yeah. yeah I think that they, this is just my personal opinion. I think when Roundup came out, they were like, oh, this is the magic bullet. Let's move on to corn research. And then suddenly now we've got the dicamba and they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have stopped soybean research. Um, But that's my personal opinion. I can't get anyone to do it. Well, part of it was that, you know, they didn't, when everybody bought Roundup instead of the other chemicals, they just didn't have the money to do the research. So. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It'll be interesting. But I mean, relying on any single herbicide or thinking that it's going to solve all your problems is not going to happen. So, especially a product that we've had for 60 years, yeah. um, 
you know, I give it three to five years. Well, we already have resistance in central Illinois that they're showing or that they're investigating. So maybe it won't even take that. It's really interesting to see, though, like, um, I don't know. People get really worked up about it. Like, farmers get really, I mean, not so much the anti-Dicamba folks. Like, there's a, I think that's the one thing that's been really interesting is it's almost been like a, a political discussion in a lot of ways where a lot of people, similar to what you are, Karen, where you're like, I agree that this technology has a use and that it can be good, but we need to make sure that we don't just, you know, because of unintended consequences. Like, every government law that's passed everything of that nature you always talk about unintended consequences and i think with dicamba you've you're you are dealing with that and then there comes the concern of we are trying to still portray that you know which we have the safest food supply in the world but we have to make sure we don't let that get out of you know i it almost is like we have to make sure that we don't uh i don't know it's hard like turn it turn it into an evil thing where people think it's all bad that everything's like that you know what i mean like it's hard enough to convince people that roundup well and you know a lot of the national publications yeah. have picked up on this and the environmentalists have picked up on this so it's not just us fighting amongst ourselves like it started yeah. maybe a couple of months ago you know so i mean yeah i got called out last night because don't you think all your complaints influence the decision no i don't think i have any freaking power whatsoever i know that was kind of a uh, for lack of a better word a dumb tweet if i had any power 15 years ago these companies would have never gone down this path Uh, well maybe it's because of the podcast so right you've developed we're very powerful people (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so well i mean and it's not just me. I mean, there are way smarter people talking about this same in line with what I'm saying. Yeah. So so do you think this will change, this dicamba will change um, cover crop and fall tillage here now, this year? Yep. For this year? Uh, no, I don't think it will have much effect I just on that. We, we have not seen, yeah. of course, like I said, fall tillage is down this year around here, but we're still putting all our yeah you haven't gotten to it just like the fall burn down i mean you just there's just not time when you can be in the field you're still harvesting here's the thing that i don't get so i was at a field day in north dakota in september and the president of the company said you know neighbors will forgive you this year it happened none of us really realized it was going to happen and that's fine but if you chemical trespass them on on them next year you're just an asshole. Well, it's you know? like the do it to me once. Yeah. Shame. Or what is that saying? Um, fool me once, shame on yes, me. Yes, thank fool you. Twi- or shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. Kind, kind of a little I bit. Like I George guess it doesn't. I Bush version, which is like, you're never going to fool me again. <laughs> That's how I, I just I mean, don't like, understand how you can wreck relationships over this just by being so adamant in being a proponent for the technology oh shit you know? dude that's the way the world is now though like look at how many it's things... all about me that's all i hear yeah. when i hear this discussion is it's all about me and i don't give a flying f- about you which which is great if you're the, i don't want to say if you're the one damaging but but what about if you were the one that's crop was damaged i mean let's yeah 
I mean, you can say I have a right to spray whatever I want. Of course you do, but so does your neighbor, if buddy. If you damage somebody, how can you, I mean, do you not have a conscience? How can you do that again? How yeah. can you even chance it? I so some of, the, some of them didn't result in yield loss, and some of them did. But how do you know that what you do next year, if the weather conditions change at all, how do you know that you're not going to be the one doing the damaging? Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe my moral compass is different, set slightly different than other people. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people think that it's just not their, they didn't do the damage. There's no damage. Like, I think that's like people are right now. I think that's the mindset is that, okay, so what? Your leaves were cupped. Um, I, your yield wasn't ruined. Well, so then you, I didn't you read these articles. Anything. I think it was on agweb.com or was that? I think so. So they, interviewed Jean Payne, who is the president of the Illinois Fertilizer and Chemical Association, and that association sent out um, a survey asking all their retail clients to fill out. They sent out 178 surveys. They got 124 back, and more than 100 said they had damage due to dicamba that they sprayed. Yeah. So, and I know in Arkansas, they tried to say, well, they didn't, you know, for all of these acres, they only bought this much. Well, so that must prove that all those people used, you know, non-approved herbicides. That was really interesting to me. That, that That's stretching article. it. But because well, a lot of those people bought it for insurance because they'd been damaged the two years prior and they didn't have a choice. Some yeah, people bought it for the, the genetics technology. and never intended and never did use any dicamba products on it. But you have the yeah. CI, whatever he is, of the, one of the manufacturers saying, by God, there it is. That's what it was. It's all those farmers in Arkansas's fault because they used non-approved products. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. it's, yeah. And somebody said yesterday, he's like, oh, fake news. I'm like, exactly. I mean, I just don't understand how you could grasp onto that and say that's what happened but well, even if that did happen I mean, in arkansas fine but that's not what happened in illinois so yeah no it is a, it's an issue it needs to be figured out even if there's no damage it's it's uh it's definitely something that's not going to go well, away and the other thing that's happening too is some of the insurance companies are denying liability claims well, of course they are so we talked about they're that. saying that was... it's not it was not our applicator. They weren't at fault. It's product. It's the product yeah. is faulty. So, I mean, some of these guys have no recourse. The ins and, and some of the farmers who did the damage are paying out of their pocket and said they'll make it right. But, you know, those guys pay liability insurance and now their liability insurance, the one time they need it, is not paying out for them. And there was a yeah. company in North Dakota who denied everything and said it was volatility and didn't investigate half the claims so yeah. it doesn't help that some of those companies are playing this game if, if your crop is still damaged even if it's volatility and your crop is damaged I, this confuses me I mean it's damaged crop that's why you buy crop insurance crop insurance does not pay for chemical damage okay. right liability insurance is for it's to cover misapplication by the person who buys the policy but those companies are saying, no, it's not your fault. We're not paying this. Even when the farmer says, no, it's my fault. It was too windy. It was this. It was that. And they're like, no, no, it's not your fault. We're not paying this. So good times, good times. But yeah, yeah. it's just unfortunate that something like yeah. this is just dividing, you know, agriculture. So and I guess I'm seeing a lot of personality traits out of people that I just didn't need to ever see. So. 
what doesn't divide agriculture? I mean, I just, that's just how I feel. I mean, the littlest things can divide us for some reason. Yeah. Well, the littlest things can divide everyone, it seems, at this point. Like, we've hit, like I said, that's, I mean, I don't know. It feels weird. Like, it it feels like we've hit this time frame in society. Everyone's offended. um, Everything divides everyone. It can't just be, okay, I see your side of it, um, but it's... You know, even in this instance, it's an argument. Like, I've seen so many arguments blow up, you know, for no reason. I'm not saying that some of these people Um, didn't have good luck with Dicamba. They did. But that, you know, someone's good fortune doesn't negate somebody else's loss. Misfortune. Yeah. Right. So. I I think part of the problem is, 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 as much as I love social media, it, it gives everyone a platform for every freaking thing that floats through their brain. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. So it's it's just been, I don't know. It, it, it is. And you read it. You So you read everyone's free thought. And that doesn't mean that you want, um, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you want, um, I don't know. I don't want to not have it. I enjoy the connection and everything like that. Oh, no, I don't either. And I, don't I love people it. to censor and themselves. I say, but sometimes chromatic, no. think twice before you put your first thought out. <laughs> There is. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm guilty well, of last it. Last night I had been talking to a grower and he told me he had about four bushel loss and that really wasn't his concern. His concern was that he never canopied and he had a ton of water hemp come up late in the season that all went to seed. So in his mind, the loss isn't by loss of bushels. It's lost by how much he's going to need to change and modify his herbicide program and his weed control strategy for the next three to five years based on all that water hemp that came through. I mean, it's a whole different set. I mean, different set of problems. And I so, mean, yeah. and then, you know, I got some backlash. That was where I was complaining. And, you know, my complaints were going to have somehow influence whatever. Because you're powerful. But anyway. Yeah. I have so much power. Woohoo! Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was just like, well, I have the right to control weeds on my property. Yes, you do. But you, whatever you do is should not affect the person next yeah. to you. And his next to you should not affect you. Yours. Right. So, yeah, everything should live in harmony together. And if it doesn't, then there's a problem somewhere. Right. So. And so if something picks up and moves and you have no control over it, I mean, why do you want that liability? I, yeah. So, yeah, but like I, I said, uh, if they would have just focused on why it moves sometimes and not others and tried to figure out, is it something in the tank? Is it something we need to put in the tank? Do we need to watch the weather more closely? What can we do to make this not move? But the manufacturers have not been interested in trying to figure that out. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I don't know. Between that and the weather and the markets this year, and that's that I keep getting everyone wondering, you know, what it's going to take to get the the market to go up and i well hopefully a lot of bush of corn is not going to get the market going up no so. no and i mean we already know i think that's the the one nice thing is at least traders assume that the the crop's going to get bigger anyway so even if it does get bigger it's kind of already factored in the biggest thing that we got to watch now is what's going to happen in brazil um and it looks like they're going to sacrifice a lot of their second crop corn planting because they're late in soybeans so that could be beneficial to corn long term i think um, cause it could result in some higher exports, but then we start arguing about what acres look like next spring. And that's the last thing we need. Well, and we know. grow corn in so um, many more places so. than we used to. I mean, there's corn from Mississippi yeah. to North Dakota. So, 
yeah. those acres that switch to corn aren't yeah. going to switch back to other product, other commodities. So, no, no, and that's. I mean, we're going to produce corn. We're going to have a bunch of corn. Um, and that so that's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a major factor is that we're going to continue to have a lot of stuff. But there's been some really interesting conversations uh, out there now about you know the growth and food demand and things like that. You know, you can have some short term supply pipeline um clogs but if your demand continues to grow then you can start to see that sort of work its way out but i guess we'll have to see where we we head right now it's gonna be pretty damn boring i'm tempted to start celebrating the holidays now and just take the rest of the two months off i cannot wait till this season is over yeah (laughs) that's yeah can we just start drinking Um, let's get to january 1st because i just can't take 2017 anymore (laughs) yeah yeah, I don't blame you. I feel the same way. So, anything else you guys want to add, or are we pretty? I I have one more question. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think the winter wheat crop's going to look like? Are we going to be down wheat acres this year with this yeah. wet fall? I think so. I think. I mean, in Michigan, I guess acres are going to be up from a year ago, but Michigan basis was better, so our cash values were decent. You know, guys had that, and sometimes it's one of those things where, like, I had a customer tell me the one day. Uh, all of a sudden I opened my eyes and I was planting wheat. He's like, I hate wheat. I wasn't going to plant wheat, but here I am planting wheat, you know? And so it's kind of one of those things where, um, in Michigan, there's going to be a lot of guys straw demand and stuff like that. So, um, but I think nationally you're going to be down. I think the plains, uh, Southern plains will be down. I think overall for winter wheat, you're going to see probably the lowest amount of planted acreage on record. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, really? Yeah. Ours was late. We like to plant about, you know, before October 9th. Um, I'm trying to think when ours went in. I can't even remember now. Because yeah. um, it just, it was so wet. Yeah. Yeah. That's been the hardest part. Like, that's been, for us, we had, I mean, like I said, the first half of October was good, but anywhere else, it's been rough. So, uh, so I'm, I'm optimistic on wheat. Yeah. Ours didn't go into like the 21st. Um, but it is sprouted, so. That's the wheat that, that was, was in my Michigan question. looked good that I saw. Um, we, you know, the stuff that I was out there that had already been planted, which I was surprised. There was a lot in for September. Um, the last week yeah. in September, that surprised me, especially for how dry it was. Um, that, you know, but I, yeah, I think overall winter wheat will be down production wise and I'm, I'm bullish the wheat market long-term here. So there you go. You heard it from Angie. Yeah. Got us a grain. I think you'll have an opportunity at $5 wheat again. You'll just want to take it when you get it. Nice. Yeah. That's my idea. I'll be sure to let Chris know. Yeah. Let him know. Tell him <laughs> that he'll be happy eventually. But, uh, but yeah, eventually. that note making Chris happy. Um, yeah, I think we can. But it's all about, right? That's all we ever do. That's what we strive for here at Girls Talk. Right. So, do you guys have anything else you want to add before we wrap her up for the week? I'm good. Keep it safe. Don't get in a hurry. Oh, yeah, don't get in a hurry. That's definitely uh, the biggest thing. Be safe, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. <laughs>